December 14th. And now we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament. We'll be narrating from the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. We'll read about the scroll. It represents the title deed to creation, where Jesus Christ alone is the rightful heir. Satan offered him the whole world in return for one act of worship. But Jesus won the right to receive the scroll when he gave himself on the cross. Have you placed the scroll of your life in his hands? Or read about the Lamb. The Lamb, of course, is Jesus Christ, who was slain as a sacrifice for sin. He is both Lamb and Lion, the Savior and the Sovereign. He is also the Root of David for he existed before David and brought David's kingly line into being. As lamb, Jesus offers salvation. As lion, he judges those who reject him. Marvel at the many aspects of his person and his work. And we'll read about the incense. It represents prayer. For centuries, God's people have been praying, Thy kingdom come. And those prayers are about to be answered. Saints on earth do not pray to or through the saints now in heaven. Our praying is to the Father and through the Son. But the prayers of God's people play a vital part in God's governing of the world. And we'll read about worship. He is worthy of our worship, not only because He is Creator, but even more because He is our Redeemer. See how the circle of praise grows until every creature worships Him. Heaven is a place of worship. So begin to get ready now to join in the praise. And with that, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. December 14th, Revelation chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. And I, John, saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and unroll it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I wept, because no one could be found who was worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the twenty-four elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah and heir to David's throne has conquered. He is worthy to open the scroll and break its seven seals. I looked, and I saw a lamb that had been killed, but was now standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the twenty-four elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God that are sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. And as he took the scroll, the four living beings and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they held gold bowls filled with incense, the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it, for you were killed, and your blood has ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. 
and you have caused them to become God's kingdom and his priests, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again, and I heard the singing of thousands and millions of angels around the throne, and the living beings and the elders, and they sang in a mighty chorus, The Lamb is worthy, the Lamb who was killed. He is worthy to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. They also sang, Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped God and the Lamb. Then he says in verse 8, Come, come with me from Lebanon, my bride. God is always calling his people to come. And Satan is always telling them, You can't go. Look at you. I mean, how can you go? He knows what you've done. He knows your sins. He knows how vile you are. He knows the dullness of your heart. Don't go to Him. But those are the words of the liar and the deceiver. And oftentimes you believe Him because it is so hard to believe God with regard to His love because His love is so great. Do you want to know what the greatest act of faith is? I'm going to tell you. The greatest act of faith for the Christian is to look in the mirror of God's Word and see all their failings and then to believe by faith that God loves them as much as He says He does. That is faith. Because you have to believe something you've never even seen anywhere else in the world. No one is like God and no one's love is like God's love. When He tells you to come, don't you know the one who just spoke the word knows everything about you? He knows everything you've done, everything you're going to do. So if He says come, then the invitation is come. And look at this in verse 9. You have made my heart beat faster, my sister, my bride. You have made my heart beat faster with a single glance of your eyes. Now if that won't get you praying, I don't know what will. What does that tell me? I go like this. And you can hear the divine heart beat faster with a single glance of my eyes. When my little boy was born, I'll never forget, he was old enough, finally got to the point where he could smile and hug and lift his arms up in the air. And I'll never forget, he was laying there on our bed upstairs, and I walked around the corner and came into the room, and when he saw me, you got to understand, my boy could have a heart attack, he'd get so excited looking at a blank wall. But he, he looked at me, and the moment he looked at me, he went, there was not one doubt in that little boy's mind that his father was going to run over there, grab him, pick him up, and hug him. There was not one doubt. I mean, you talk about self-esteem or self He had no doubt that he was loved. He knew. He just had to cut those eyes at me. And I was a goner. 
How do you think those things happen? Do you think that they come out of creation or they're birthed out of human nature? Why do those things even exist in creation? Have you ever wondered about that? God put them there. And why did he put them there? To tell you about him. How can you love a child? How could you dare think that you love a child more than God loves you? You can't even begin to understand. One look upward. He said, oh, Brother Paul, you don't understand. Son, you don't understand how powerful is the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of the work of Christ, he cannot love you more, will not love you less. One glance of your eyes, you've got him. You've got him. You've got him. One glance of your eyes, and his heart beats faster. Look what he says. You have made my heart beat faster, my sister, my bride. You have made my heart beat faster with a single glance of your eyes. Now look at this. With a single strand of your necklace. Let me ask you this. Where'd she get the necklace? She got it from him. Joseph, Joseph had a coat of many colors that he would not share with his brothers. But our Joseph... Our Jesus has a coat of many colors, a righteousness upon him that is, is his own by his own doing, and he gives it to you. He has saved you and not only cleaned you, he's dressed you up with his own grace. And every time he looks at you, this is what he sees. Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3. It's one thing for a group of people to journey together to Jerusalem for a feast, and quite something else for them to live together day after day. Abraham and Lot, Isaac and his family, Jacob and Laban, and Joseph's brothers remind us that brethren do not always dwell together in unity. Unity must come down from above like the oil running down Aaron's beard and bathing the twelve jewels on the breastplate, or like the dew descending on the mountains. You can manufacture uniformity by manipulating people and exerting pressure, but true unity can come only from God by His Spirit. Unity is good like the dew and produces fruitfulness. It is pleasant like the oil and produces a lovely fragrance. Divisions among God's people produce opposite results. Psalm 133, verses 1 through 3. A song for the ascent to Jerusalem. A psalm of David. How wonderful it is, how pleasant, when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the fragrant anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard, and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life forevermore. Proverbs 29, verses 26 and 27. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice comes from the Lord. 
The godly despise the wicked. The wicked despise the godly.